believe it or not, the Mid-South has like three of the like oldest triathlons in the country. Mighty Might, Heat Wave, and Memphis and May. May. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Endurance Mecca. Yeah, absolutely. Memphis, the Endurance Mecca. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another fun-filled episode of <laughs> Coaches on Couches. Bing slouches. My drum rolls back. The drum rolls back. I was I was all out of sorts <clears throat> last week. I was listening intently to see how the drum roll went. How you kind of work that in your own drum roll. I was gonna ask. Uh, I was gonna ask our guest to do the drum roll, but uh, <laughs> I figure that might uh, mm-hmm. might not go so well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, today we are going to talk about uh, the question. We we actually kind of debated whether we should do this uh, topic, but um, the question is: Is there a downside to racing too much? Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. I am Coach Dale that. Sanford, and I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our Five Pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels, from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Give you one week off and you... Man. <laughs> All right, we'll get to the topic of the day, but first, shout outs. I think we should actually shout these today. Should we shout them? We, I don't <laughs> Everyone know if, turn your volume down. I don't know if the mic levels can <laughs> handle it. about to start shouting. We're, we're going to go in the red. <laughs> uh, last weekend was uh, Paris Laney Triathlon. It's kind of like one of my... It actually probably is my favorite sprint race of the year. Um just the Paris area, Land Between the Lakes area, it's really awesome. Um, last two years, we've gone up and done the race and then did some extra training while we were up there, so mm-hmm. a little mini camp. Uh, and it's a pretty good distance out from nationals, so it, you know, it works out really well. So yeah, If you've not been to Land Between the Lakes area to like ride and be outdoors, that's a, that's a great spot. Yeah. Within three hours of Memphis, just a couple hours from Nashville rarely see much traffic and and some actually pretty good elevation gain yeah there is lots of it when (laughs) when you're when you're not used to it and you get the uh just never-ending rollers Mm -hmm. uh some call them climbs some call them rollers we call them mountains yeah we call it yeah Uh i believe i hit uh mount ventoux uh in paris tennessee yeah paris uh tennessee Uh uh-huh uh so Last weekend, we had uh, a lot of people go and race. Um, it's one of those races that we always get a big group, so it's we, the shout-outs are just they're never-ending. So um, Heather Nichols, fourth overall female in the sprint race. They actually added an Olympic distance race this year, which is nice. Uh, Jessica Wang, third age group. Tom Ratliff, second age group. Jamie Bailey was second overall female in the Olympic. Chris Watts was second age group in the sprint. Um Adrian Hall, second age group in the Olympic. 
our buddy Jordan Green, who uh, stayed with us this weekend and trained, uh, was first overall in the Olympic. He crushed it. Um, I think that's it. I'm missing. We had a few, a bunch of other people race, so if I miss you, I apologize. Um, we had to keep it to the mm-hmm. to the age group awards there. Cool. Uh, my shout out's going to Tony Gambrell. Old Gambrelli. He went uh, all the way down to the Tampa area. Long ways. Uh, knocked out a sprint, kind of a tune-up race heading into nationals, you know, what, four weeks out or so. Uh, second age group, uh, the guy he, he lost to put in like two minutes to pretty much everyone in a 500-yard uh, swim, mm. which is nuts. Maybe a collegiate it, swimmer? I guess. I don't know. But uh, Tony actually beat him in everything else, like every other discipline. Uh, but yeah, that two two minutes was tough to overcome. But his first time, he was right around the twenty four mile an hour mark uh, nice. on the bike. So uh, that was big for him, and he awesome. was so second age group eighth overall. Awesome. Uh, the our local road race series started this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a bunch of people running it and and racing it. Um, Liz Hall had her; she was second age group this year by like two two three seconds. Twelfth uh, overall female. Um, so it's a kind of a goal for her yep. this year is to, to finish high in that, that, uh, series. Basically, for those that don't know, we have a really incredible, uh, running club in town. It's been around forever that does a road race series. It's two races a month yeah, starting shout out, at 5k. Shout out to them for sure. Yeah. Starting at 5k and working all the way up to half marathon between mm-hmm. now and November. Yep. And those who do the series get, it's basically like a, uh, time thing like and they they grade everybody by age and uh so you you not only get placings at each race but you get placings for the series and there's extra awards for like people who do every race in the series and then mm-hmm. you get scored based on your best time in each distance um so very cool um one more shout out delta airlines yeah how about that yeah, that was shooting all over my uh, my news feed the past few days. Yeah, Delta Airlines took away the uh, the excessive mm-hmm. uh, sporting goods fee. It was mm-hmm. like $150 each way yeah. that they were charging for oversized bags, bike boxes, and stuff like that. Um, and they've taken that away. American Airlines and Alaskan, I think, think also have done the same thing. So I can't, okay. they're kind of just following suit, but I, hopefully that means the others will also do the same thing. Yeah. Keep that trend going for and, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a huge, for people who race all over the country world. Kind of like, feeds into the, the racing too much, uh, topic. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're racing a lot, there is a cost associated with it. Yeah. So, you know, you're thinking like 300 bucks, mm-hmm. like just for your, that's like another ticket just for your yep. bike. Yep. to go places so that's that's a huge savings uh for a lot of people so hats off delta way to go <laughs> tip of the cap all right one more little uh good luck here we've got mighty might triathlon this weekend uh so everybody's headed there good luck it's one of our like long-standing believe it or not the mid-south has like three of the like oldest triathlons in the country mighty might heat wave and Memphis and May, yeah. all have been around for over 30 years. So, so, And we've got, what, the longest-running cyclocross race, right? Yeah, yeah. The Outdoors Inc. race? Yep, longest-running cyclocross race in the yeah. United States. I'm, I'm going to say it right now, Endurance Mecca. Yeah, absolutely. Memphis, the Endurance Mecca. Yeah, and I'm going to add on to that because uh-huh. uh, we are having our long-course training camp September 6th through the 8th 
that's in Huntington, Tennessee. Huntington's been very uh, um, accommodating uh, for this uh, for this event, so it's going to be really awesome. We're going to go out, and anybody who's training for a late season half or full iron distance race, um, perfect timing. I mean, any anywhere between the Ironman Chattanooga and and Augusta seventy point three on this campus for you. We're going to go out. And we're going to get uh, a big, huge training load in one weekend. You're going to have all of our coaches to uh, to help out and, and guide you and to sag. And we're going to be doing some other like performance seminars and stuff like that. Things that can actually have obviously have a big effect on a mm-hmm. performance of a long course race. We're going to touch on all that stuff. Um, and just the social side of it afterwards. So yeah, it's going to be meals a blast. together and uh, sharing stories and yep. And we and we have uh, we're base we're actually base camped at Kirsten Sass's um, her compound we'll call mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. I've I've dubbed it the Winkler Performance Center there we go uh, WPC yeah hereafter referred to as the WPC yeah so we're base camped there and every and most of the people will be able to stay there and so we're we're gonna train from there and and probably do most of the the training from there and then. We get the use of the um, the Carroll County Thousand Acre Lake there for all the open water stuff that we're going to be doing, um, which is going to be awesome. So, um, more information on that will be on our website, buildpeakcompetecom slash tricamp. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got one last good luck. All right. Uh, the the Eurekan. So oh, the yeah. three day race, uh, we got one person heading over. Sally yeah. Landham's heading over and doing that. So she's done it like how many times? So many, every year. Yeah. So it's <laughs> she's been going at it for a long time. But it's a a super sprint uh, on, and it's all uh, all of this. The time is accumulated over the three days. So there's like an overall winner, super sprint on Friday. Uh, then there's a century on Saturday with a ton of elevation gain. Yeah. And then a 10k hilly 10k on Sunday. Awesome. Sounds like fun. All right. Now we're diving in. That was quick. That was quick. We got to be less than 15 minutes in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So getting in the topic today, is there a downside to racing too much? We love racing. Don't get me wrong. It's why we, it's why anybody who's competitive, Mm -hmm. this is like, it's your reward. It, Mm -hmm. this is why you do it. This is why you get up early it's why you train late it's all i mean it's why you do all of the work yeah it's mainly just for the reward of mm-hmm. racing yeah that's where you show off the fitness right absolutely you cash yeah. in your chips show uh-huh. off your fitness all uh-huh. that good stuff so um as much as we love racing there is a downside to racing too much we're going to give you tips on how to kind of counteract this or limit yeah. the negative effects. So stick with us. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. We're not telling you stop racing, yep. uh, you know, clear your calendar. <laughs> Pick uh, one race and that's it. Yeah, yeah. because we're also not a proponent of putting all your eggs in the basket of one race either. Correct. So, um, you know, not one race, one workout, one day does not make you as an athlete, does not identify you as an athlete or your entire career as an athlete. Exactly. So we're, we're just talking balance here. I mean, that's realistically where we're going with it, Yep. is trying to find a better balance so that you can perform better when you really care about it. Exactly. Um, you know, and still have a great season. Yep. 
So part of it is, we'll just talk about the performance side of things first. Um, one thing is that when you're, when you're racing so much, intensity of racing is like top of the top, like tip top. Yep. It's, it's harder than any workout that you're going to put in. Yeah. You dig deeper in a, in a race than you will in a, in a typical training session. And it's almost like a, it's almost like an exponential load on the body Mm -hmm. because even if you like, even if you are going out and you do, um, a race that is X TSS, TSS doesn't necessarily take into consideration the, the damage you're doing to the muscles, to the tendon, like all that kind of stuff that also needs time to recover. Mm -hmm. TSS is a, is a stress score most of the time based on more in the fitness realm Mm -hmm. side of things, not in the muscular degradation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really what comes into play when you're looking at like the intensity and the impact of racing is it is hard on your body, like super hard, even in low, low impact sports like cycling and, mm-hmm. and even open water swimming, like you go and do a hard race and your body can be smoked. Exactly. And you're digging that, that little bit, that little bit deeper than you typically would. And if you're in a place that doesn't have races that are in town. You're factoring in Lots of travel. travel to get there to and from. And we've got a lot of people who travel a lot anyway with work. Yep. And traveling beats the body up. Like sitting cooped up in yep. a car or on, a, on an airplane, it messes with the body. You know, even though you're not doing anything, just putting yourself in that position for long periods of time yep. wears on the body as well. So, so what it all kind of boils down to is a lot of it is, is leads to poor recovery mm-hmm. because you're you're constantly racing and then you know everybody wants to get immediately back on the horse like early in the week uh, where they probably should be taking a little bit more recovery for a couple days after after a race so it really just kind of leads to poor recovery and then obviously poor recovery kind of increases your risk of injury especially when we're talking about the the muscular impact of muscular musculoskeletal impact of racing um, that increases the the risk of injury. And at some point the body just can't catch up. Mm-hmm. So you end up, uh, low energy, you know, you probably, you probably get behind in hydration at some point. And then there's, then there's other things. Like if you really pound your body, like for, for weeks on end, just racing, 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 and then trying to get in all of your like high intensity workouts during the week, you know, you can see things like drops in iron and, and other things that like blood markers that um, can, pretty much are were to the point where you're considered unhealthy. Like yeah. <laughs> you're tearing your body down so much and not letting it recover mm-hmm. that your health is actually declined. Yep. Now, on the other side of this, uh, especially in like the in the cycling realm, if you're not, you know, a cat one or two racer there's a lot of times where your your longest race or longest event on a weekend is going to be 25 35 miles so if you're if you're sacrificing what could be a four-hour training ride on a saturday and replacing that with a hour and 10 minute even though it's a you know a high high intensity high high stress Mm -hmm. 
you're going to end up losing fitness over time. And if you're racing a lot and your goal is to try to do really well at each race, some people go the opposite direction of what you were just talking about, where instead of trying to get the stuff that they should be working on, you know, working their limiters uh, during the week, instead they're, okay, well, I need to go into my next race this coming weekend fresh, so I don't want to overdo it this week. So essentially you're getting a, a short but hard uh, training session race on the weekend, not getting much during the week, doing it again on the weekend. Yep. And we see pretty quick people that want to race a ton. If you aren't getting good volume as well, that fitness over time just kind of falls off. Yeah. I mean, so the, the recap there is either you're, you're, you're sacrificing your weekend volume mm-hmm. for a shorter race than you would do normally or you're backing off for every single race mm-hmm. to try to be fresh for that race so then your weekday volume is or tr- training load is really low exactly and so your over time your base fitness fatigue resistance whatever you however you want to put it mm-hmm. is declined because you're really not getting any uh you're not getting the training stress you would normally do on any given like normal training week mm-hmm. exactly so yeah that's that's the big probably the, between the recovery and the loss of base fitness because you're just constantly swapping training for racing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, now, those, when you start getting into like the, in the cycling world, you know, if you start getting into the, the one, two ranks where you're doing 70, 80 plus mile, you know, races yeah. and a time trial and a crit or, you know, whatever on the next day, I mean, you're going to get in that regard, you're getting a lot of volume, and a lot of in, in intensity yep. essentially. So that's a really high training stress. And that's where you start running the risk that you were talking about of, okay, I got to get back at it. Maybe I didn't do as well as I thought. Mm-hmm. I see my three minute power isn't where it needs to be. And you're hammering yourself, uh, you know, doing three minute efforts on Tuesday, yep. not fully recovered from the weekend. And eventually, uh, yeah, that catches up to you. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So the, the other side of the coin here is all the other things you have going on in your life the mm-hmm. your life balance kind of starts to tilt the wrong way yep. for a lot of people um that's with your family work whatever i mean um basically you're adding eventually if you just race and race and race it, it's, i would say unless your family's super into it and very integrated into your racing and very behind uh behind you and everything um, you really end up adding negative stress either directly from a spouse or a mm-hmm. significant other or your friends or whomever. They're going to give you your work. They're going <laughs> to give you crap about it. Yeah. Uh, or the indirect thing, which is like what I get a lot is just like the dad guilt mm-hmm. of being gone for an entire weekend and leaving your spouse with the kids or not being around your kids as much or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that indirectly adds stress, negative stress to that whole life balance. Yep. And ultimately when that stuff adds up, you're just not going to perform. It goes right back to performance. You're just not going to perform as well. Yep. Um, you know, it's just the, and then it's like the other things in life, like, like <laughs> we went on this stretch of like, uh, racing and then we went on vacation and stuff like that and when I got back my grass was like 
a foot tall. Like <laughs> I just didn't have time to yeah to mow the or I told myself I didn't have time to mow the grass, and then just like seeing the grass so tall and feeling my wife burning a hole through my head <laughs> with her eyes, uh, <laughs> like I like it might be time to stay home this, for a little this, bit. <laughs> the stress set in. Yeah. And so it was like, like way more stressful just mowing the grass. Yeah. Well, you hear like, even with the pro athletes, like they get home and usually they'll have like a one month, like where they're off. You know, they've raced through October or whatever and they got that month off. And I remember like reading articles and stuff like, what do you do with your off time? And they're like, oh, whole list of things around the house that like yeah. stuff that's been neglected for, you know, 10, 10, 11 months. That's like their one month to try to get caught up on everything because they've been just going and going and going traveling 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 yeah. racing training um and all of that you know this the, the other stuff that most people do on a regular basis they have to try to catch up all in one month yeah and that's what a lot of people end up doing like um like if we give them uh, on a transition week or like uh like a lower like a pretty low volume recovery mm-hmm. week or something like that people fill that time, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe the recovery week doesn't like necessarily. Yeah, this uh, goes back to training stress versus overall stress yeah. on the body, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the recovery week doesn't necessarily like happen the way that we hope it ha- would happen because instead of doing more training, they realize, oh, like I've been racing so much. I haven't had time to do all this stuff and now I have all this extra time this week mm-hmm. and now I have to do all of this stuff mm-hmm. in one week yeah. and so recovery doesn't happen mm-hmm. you know so you know it can it can kind of topple your recovery time yep for sure um, you know and the same with the family thing you know we had Tim Lynn on the couch last week talked a lot about he had a lot of good insight in, into integrating family into his training and um, stuff like that but like, like I, I don't know that many people whose family really enjoys having every vacation be attached to a event mm-hmm. or a race. Um, there are some out there that that's, it works for them. Yep. Uh, personally, it doesn't. It, it, it ends up being a lot of stress on me and my wife. And it just, you know, we try to, we try to separate it as much as possible every once in a while. We do the whole vacation thing, but, um, you know, don't like when you take a vacation, I always like, even with the people we coach, I try to give them that vacation as a rest week, like, and just give them that time off. Um, no, no races. As much no as thought. possible. I, yeah. I do the exact I mean, same thing. Use the vacations as vacations. Yeah. Take that, you know, like overcompensate the family time, you know, mm-hmm. that week, Put lots of deposits into the family bank. Absolutely. So that you can withdraw them uh, down the road. Yeah, when you're like, hey, um, <laughs> do you mind if I go race this weekend? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So kind of with that, w- let's drop some tips yep. on how to avoid kind of these, these pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Again, some people, like, it's going to naturally happen. Like, when you race a lot, like you're going to end up taking recovery when you need it, whether you want to or not. Hopefully it doesn't get to that, but that's kind of part of some of these tips that we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. into. So drop the first one. There I, the, the, 
one thing, like as you're leading up, this is where kind of having, what is your main goal for the season or what are your two goals? You know, we usually have uh, our athletes pick like what's kind of a late spring goal and what's kind of a late summer goal and uh, then have pick races that kind of work your limiters leading into that. So don't go and pick every race that perfectly suits your strengths pick stuff that is it's actually going to improve your overall fitness by doing that race. You may not do as well and don't go into you know that race necessarily expecting to have a super solid result. Um, obviously, you know if you're a competitive person, you're going to you're going to dig in and go as hard as you can and and do as well as you can. Yeah, but if that race actually like doesn't suit your strengths but suits your limiters more or works your limiters more, you're going to come out of that race with better fitness. Oh, so it's yeah. going to turn into like a really high quality training session that you know you're going to push yourself well uh, or hard in. Maybe it's a race that's a lot longer. You know, if you have trouble getting long stuff in, choose a longer event. Or if it's climbing something that you're horrible at, choose a race with climbing in it. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's uh, another tough part with people is using racing as training mm-hmm. is doesn't always yeah. it rarely goes the way you hope it will because as soon as you get into that race atmosphere everybody just you know full uh-huh. throttle oh know, sure guns yeah. blazing but um hart robinson he always jokes he's like don't you dare call it a train through race <laughs> yeah. he's like because you know if i'm lining up exactly i'm going to win that thing <laughs> Tra- yeah see you have to know like yeah you got to know yourself a little bit uh-huh um yeah, and if you know that, if you know that you can't just train through a race, mm-hmm. then maybe it's best not to race, mm-hmm. or use it to your advantage, which kind of goes into the next thing here. Like you don't have to go into each race really rested. Like, yeah, use a race if you know you're someone who's going to really push yourself. Pick a race that is going to add a a big training stress and put it on the back end of a big training block. So you're going into it fatigued. Yeah. And now you're going to cap, you know, you're going to do that overreaching that you want to do in order to then recover and come back stronger. Yeah. But it's a great way to like, you know, I know regardless of whether I'm going to race, you know, there's a lot of times you, we have athletes who, or ourselves, myself personally, like back end of a big training block if weather goes to crap. It's like, oh, well, two hours on the trainer. Whereas if it was a race, I'd be doing the four hours in the in the crap elements. So yeah. it's a good way to pretty much guarantee that you're going to get a hard, you know, for me, you know, if I if I chose a longer race, a hard, long way to cap a big training block. Um, so you can use that to your advantage and pick races that are going to cause you to overreach some, yep. push more, but then you got to recover afterwards. I use it all, I use that all the time with, with triathletes mm-hmm. it's like especially those doing long course because they still want to race mm-hmm. other races um but you know m- most people are very used to like we said before backing off like the week of a race for every race exactly and so i constantly push them normally right into that race yep. or uh you know like put the race at the end or, you know, if the race is at the end of a, a three week block, I just keep, I'll just push them all the way up to mm-hmm. it. I mean, and granted they don't, 
maybe have the performance that they're hoping for, yep. but that's not the point. The most, if you're training for a long course race, generally that long course race is your goal event. So these other races are whatever B and C events. Yep. And like going into a Olympic distance race two weeks in or three weeks into a block, having not backed off at all, feels a lot like, <laughs> mm-hmm. feels a lot like a, what you're going to feel like on a half marathon of a 70.3. Yep. Like, you know, so. And if you're a competitive person, you're not going to pull the plug. Like no. you're going to get a big, hard, high quality day to cap that block, which is perfect. I know I've been, I've been questioned a ton in the past of like, mm-hmm. why, like, why are we not backing off, yep. you know, at least for a few days before the race, um, you know, this, that, and the other. And that's the goal. I'm like, this is not a goal. This is not the goal race. Like exactly. we're trying to prep you for this race. That's four weeks away, three weeks away. If we back you down now, we've we've kind of started the recovery process mm-hmm. and it's just not time so mm-hmm. build it in you know go into the race tired as all get out and and i've i've had myself personally and athletes who going into a race that's not like you're not rested you're not fresh it's not like a you're expecting yourself to perform super high just not having that extra level of stress yeah i've had people have great performances yeah. where they're you know i tell them like yeah you may be tired but legs are going to open up and just just that mental thing like oh my legs probably are going to open up just hearing that or yeah. thinking that you get in a race and you you can really surprise yourself and and knock out some good performance for the mental the very like mental athlete that gets in their own head a lot mm-hmm. if you just tell them like you're going to be tired going in like we're not expecting anything. We're just trying to get in a very race specific effort. Remove that expectation, yeah. and they'll perform well. Like mm-hmm. you took all that load off them mm-hmm. to have to perform well, mm-hmm. um, and they they do really well. Yep, no, so. for sure. So um, you know, another kind of method for for those people who love to like back off, like the week or or three days or whatever before a race every race whatever um you know you can always like in the in the sense for like cycling crit racing a lot of times you have an opportunity to race multiple races yep so you can race a master's race and your category sometimes if you're like a four if you're like a four you you can a four or three yeah Yeah. here in tennessee you can do like the four or five race, yeah. you can do the three, four race, you can do, sometimes it's a one, two, three race. Yep. There's a master's race if you're 35 or over. I mean, there's a chance to <laughs> to possibly get four, four races in, um, as opposed to what a normal you know, criterion would be, which is anywhere from 25 minutes to 75 minutes, probably yeah. for, for most races out there. That's where I find the biggest problem with cyclists yep. is they go they go and they want to race 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 but the races that they're going to are mainly criteriums mm-hmm. which you're maxing out at like an hour an yeah. hour race you know yeah for most most yeah you know a lot of them can be 35 minutes yep. 30 minutes 45 minutes yep and so you go and while you might get like three of them in a weekend it is nowhere near 
the training load you'd get if you went and did a like a longer four, three, four hour ride and then another workout on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The training load is nowhere near. Yeah. So you do a few weekends of that and that training load is I mean your your accumulated load is gone. I mean Yeah, or you you end up finding that you're so wrecked from doing that much intensity on one day. Yeah. That yeah, okay, now I gotta rest through through Wednesday. Now it's Thursday and oh I gotta race Saturday. So yeah. now you do something like easy openers on Thursday take Friday off. So you've essentially sacrificed what could have been good training. Yeah. So because the intensity was so high, which kind of was the very first point that we made when we started this whole thing is, you know, that, that intensity that you get when racing puts a a different kind of stress, even though it's not measured quite the same as what just a training stress would show you. Um, so yeah, the, the other thing you can do if, you know, you're not doing criteriums. It's exactly what you uh, said with, with Jordan coming and, and staying with y'all uh, this past weekend. You guys added extra stuff yeah, around the race, right? It wasn't just show up, get your warm-up, get the race in, go home. Yep. Uh, instead, what did y'all do? Yeah, well, we, we, came in on, we came in on Friday, and um, we, we, like, swam the whole course. Um, we did a – we probably did a – we did the whole, well, we did, we, we rode the whole sprint course, which was 14 miles of the Olympic course. So mm-hmm. it was everything but 10 miles Olympic course. Uh, so 45 minute ride. And then we ran a couple miles. So we still got an hour of training or more, more than an hour of training the day before the race. But the day of the race, because we traveled to do a sprint race, you know, a race that lasts an hour, a little over an hour. That's not my normal Saturday. Yep. My normal Saturdays are three plus hours, so we we went and we added a forty mile, two two hour plus ride with all with all the rollers, yeah. two hour plus ride with twenty four hundred feet of elevation, um, after the race, you know. So we just tacked tacked on, and it's the same thing like this weekend with Mighty Might. A lot of times, whenever we go do Mighty Might or group people go do Mighty Might, it's a point to point race, so what people end up doing is they'll run from the finish line back to T2, grab their bike, ride back to, to the car, and you'll get in an extra two and a half, three miles of running and an extra uh, 13, 14 miles riding, you know, in that day. Whereas the race is really only an hour, mm-hmm. an hour long, mm-hmm. a little over an hour. So now you've tacked on another 45 minutes to an hour of training. So instead of an hour, you're getting two hours add your warmups and stuff in there and you've gone back to getting in a two hour block on a Saturday, um, with some good race intensity. Yep. So that's a huge, I use that all the time for people, especially people who want to race long course, but do short course races. Yep. You can do the races, but as long as you have time to do an extra couple hours afterwards, Mm -hmm. good to go. Yep. Or like for folks going into marathon training. You know, yep. choose a for for one of your long days, long training days, run a few miles before a half marathon, run the half, couple mile cooldown, and now you've got a solid long run yep. with some good quality in the middle aid stations that are spread throughout, so you can stay topped off and hydrated. Yep. Um, so you can use races to benefit your training, but the issue comes into play where you're either <laughs> always trying to be rested, 
yep. and you end up having this this training stress that pretty much stays Goes the nowhere. same and it's you know 300 tss points i know this may sound like a foreign language if you're not sure what all that stuff is but where you're not really stressing enough to improve because you're going so hard on those shorter days that you need lots of recovery or you do the other thing where you're just burning the candle every time you're you're out there um, and eventually you have that either injury or fall off that happens so yeah be strategic with your racing i think is kind of the the bottom line and know that have a point to what to why it's in there and and know whether it's going to actually help or hurt your ultimate goal yeah. of the season keep the ultimate goal like like at uh you know on the forefront mm-hmm. and then like say ask yourself is this is this uh you know is this goal this race this other race really going to like improve this goal if mm-hmm. not what do i have to do on top of that mm-hmm. to like because i still want to race and have fun but mm-hmm. like what can i do on top of this race to make to like kind of make it sync with this yep. with this major goal what For was sure. that comment from roadie what do you do when racing fatigue from uh racing too much catches up with you and starts to affect your other training I'm sure it's different recommendations based on different stages of training you might be in so like uh, this is actually a good question because this kind of happened with Greg. Um, you know, we got into Greg wanted to get into bike racing. So, uh, for a couple of weeks there, we did some crit racing, mm-hmm. which he is not used to. Um, he's been doing some hard, hard rides with spikes and stuff like that. But obviously a race is still different than any group ride you're going to do. Yep. So we had that, we had those races and then we had, a. uh, a try a try on top of that within that so it was just a lot of racing in a small amount of time so <clears throat> you know kind of what we end up having to do uh in that sense was like one we had to communicate a little bit more on how he was feeling mm-hmm. uh and like this is kind of the 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 last tip here is when you have that much fatigue built up and you're not unloading it recover hard mm-hmm. like do a hard recovery and that may mean an extra day off it may mean uh keeping two to three days super easy mm-hmm. but if you get to the point where you realize your your racing is really affecting all of your other training you either need to cut back on the racing or um, just make sure your recovery days, your easier days are deliberately mm-hmm. stupid easy, yep. like painfully easy. Make the hard days hard and the easy mm-hmm. days really, really, really easy. Yep. Um, I know, and not to call Greg out, but on a couple of his steadier, easy rides, we saw some big, big efforts in there. I think one was a, I think, I think I remember one was a dog or something, but there was like, (laughs) there were a couple of big efforts in there. Um, So just be conscious if you are like racing a ton and you feel that, that starting to affect your other training, like you can't, like you're racing so much, you can't hit your run workouts, your, 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 your race specific speed run workouts. You can't hit them because you're so tired from racing 
or any other sport, whatever, your, your quality sessions, you can't hit those. Um, just make sure that the other sessions that aren't set for quality are stupid easy. Yeah. And or I, even scrap them. I mean, if you get to a point where there's no reason to beat a dead horse. Like if you, if you cannot perform, if this is like a high intensity effort that zones that you know, you should be able to hit and you can't get anywhere close and perceived efforts, you know, through the roof trying to hit them. That's a big indication that either it's a bad day, something else is going on or there's a whole lot or it's hot as can be outside. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Not to get off topic, but like if, if you really, think that like your racing could be affecting your your uh quality sessions then try them inside like try to hit the numbers inside in a controlled like climate mm-hmm. uh treadmill like on the trainer or something like that and if you still can't hit them then that's a major sign that yep. you need to to back it off and offload some fatigue mm-hmm. it, it to, like if it's real bad take the day off, do nothing. Yep. If you're, you know, if you're just having trouble, like ramping the effort up, do the volume, but make it really easy. Mm-hmm. So you're still, you're still getting the the consistency, the frequency in, yep. but you know, you're just, you're still trying to, you're not trying to add a bunch of load. You're trying to offload and just stay loose pretty much. Yep. Any other questions out there? I don't see any other in questions. In outer space, any other questions in that? No questions. All no. right. Cool. Well, that's all we have uh, for today. If uh, if you have any other questions for us, you can always uh, email us questions at couch at buildpeakcompete.com or coach. I fixed it to where if you spelled it wrong. <laughs> couch or coach. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I fixed it for, uh, for autocorrect. Um, <laughs> you can always email us those questions. So... We appreciate everyone hanging out, watching, listening, and we will catch you guys next time.